And welcome to the Dark Side of Soul podcast. This is Joe. This is Sean. And today we have a special guest. We we love doing special guests, don't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, today we have Jane Han Ling, who is it? How would I say it? A, a shaman? Or word? How would you say it? A shaman. You're shaman. Pronouncing it wrong. Well, okay. Pronouncing. I mean, I mean, okay. Shaman. <laughs> tomato, tomato. Shaman, shaman. <laughs> I, I mean, um. Well, I was calling, I was trying to do like a job description because you know we have Jane in as it for a job interview right now. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Jane. How are you? Don't you love this wonderful introduction I made for you? <laughs> Annyeonghaseyo. Thank you so much for that introduction. <laughs> that was awful. Awful. <laughs> I'm the worst podcast host ever. Do you want to no. try again? No, I'm lazy that way. <laughs> Your hosting okay. is fine. Just, you you got to work on your introductions. Introductions. I'm not. I'm not used to having guests on the show. I'm used to just getting getting Sean on, and Sean Sean's having his um, his Friday night beers, and <laughs> we're just we we just ramble, and suddenly it's like, oh my gosh, an hour's passed by. An hour's already passed. Yeah. 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 An hour and so, a half. But that's a good opening question for Jane. Uh, would you describe yourself as a shaman? Uh, I'm in, I am a shaman, mm-hmm. um, okay. but I am more than a shaman. <laughs> so, right. Yeah, right. Yeah. And that's what we're going to get into in the show. Right? Yes. Right. Okay. So, yeah. So, um, I'll start a little bit. Uh, they'll say, cause, uh, I've known Jane for about a year. We just were thinking, uh, uh just about a year ago that we first met and, yeah. uh, Jane joined me on, my hiking tour, Soul Hike, at with soul one of our hike.com. At soulhike.com. <laughs> oh, what an amazing experience. That was so fun. That was great, wasn't it? I, yeah. I describe uh, it as dark side of soul on a mountain. Right. Yeah, a, a little bit, although not nearly as dark and in the daytime. So, and a it's lot folklore. harder. Folklore it's on fo- the more folkloric. Uh, and, uh, and one of our top tier patrons was with us, Sharon, as well, Sharon Cullen. And uh, yeah, we talked a lot. I got to know Jane, got to know you quite a bit on that tour, that hike. And we visited a couple of shamanic sites, um, which are still very important to uh, practicing shamans and um, um, hearing your stories and your experiences with um, shamanism and spiritualism. I th- was thinking right around the time when we launched the podcast, which was last March, March, 2020. Um, uh, I, that, was, that was an infamous month. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was thinking, it's like, Oh, I'd love to have Jane on as a guest. You're one of the first people I thought about to have on as a guest. And we chatted about it, but the timing wasn't really right at the time. It didn't work out. And yeah. Then I asked, yeah. And then I asked you again, I guess, was, was it about a week ago or whenever? Look, however. Maybe like two weeks ago. Two, two weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, okay, let's do it. The timing feels right. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, so the start, uh, so everyone can, everyone can get to know you as well a little bit better. Can you tell us about a little bit about yourself? 
Like where, sure. you're, where you're from, what you do. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, I want to thank you both for having me on your podcast um, and allowing me to share my story. And uh, to anyone that might be viewing this, please forgive me, but I'll be reading off of my notes. Um, it's the first time I'm openly sharing my story to the public. Uh, so with the limited amount of time, I wanted to be able to stay on track and not go off on a tangent. And plus, I'm really shy. So looking oh. down will kind of <laughs> help me um, <laughs> regain my focus. Uh, no problem. Um, but anyways, uh, my name is Jane Han Ling, and I'm from Orange County, California. My parents are Korean, but I was born in America. And uh, before moving to Korea, I lived in Irvine. I don't know if you guys know where Irvine yeah, is. Yeah, over the years, I've learned California geography. Yeah. I've heard uh, of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's really close to Newport Beach. Um, oh, that narrows Yeah, it it's, a, it's a real lovely area. It's, uh, I'm but, sure it is. I'm sure it is. But you're in Orange County. <laughs> you know, so you're, you're in Disneyland. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Love this is Disneyland. one of our, our former episodes. I have an obsession with Disney parks. Oh, that's oh. Yeah, my sister worked for Disneyland um, oh, so in the past. Yeah, yeah. Um, I got turned down for a job at Disney World. Oh. My hair was too long and I had piercings. Oh, really? Is that the criteria? No, no, no piercings? I think that was at the time. This was the early 90s. Yeah, so, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, they were a little strict about it back then. Uh, anyway, sorry. See, I'm the one who goes on tangents and distracts everyone. <laughs> well, um, I'm a Reiki master, a psychic medium, and an initiated Korean shaman. And for the last 10 years, I've been fortunate to do hundreds of healing sessions uh, through involvement in seminars, masterminds, and healing retreats. Mm. Uh, past clients included professional entertainers, business owners, as well as individuals that are transitioning out of trauma. Mm. Um, and on a personal level, um, I've done volunteer work for charities in my local community. Uh, one of the positions was as a SOC ambassador for an organization called Socket to Em, And they provided new donated socks to the homeless and low-income oh. neighborhoods uh, Okay, I was wondering if that was an acronym for something. It literally is socks you're talking about. Yeah, okay. socks. Okay. Mm. Yeah, oh, that mm. uh, organization is still going strong. Huh. Great. Mm. I've never <laughs> heard of that organization. I didn't know there was one for socks. Yeah. Yeah. Cool socks. I mean, like the socks with like ramen logos on it. <laughs> Korean I style mean, socks. <laughs> well, this is uh, US based. So oh. they pretty much take any socks. Definitely um, get you got to get the ramen socks and anything with a Korean celebrity's face on it. Hey, if there's anyone in Korea that has a sock company, contact me and I'll get these socks to the U.S. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Mm. It's mm. funny. The older I get, the more I appreciate socks. Mm. <laughs> anyway. Okay. See, I'm the one doing the tangent again. Okay. Stop it, Joe. <laughs> 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 Go ahead, Jane. <laughs> oh, um, next question. <laughs> oh, yeah. So oh, we have a question okay, so, for you. Yeah. 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 So, um, so this is turning into a morning zoo program. <laughs> <laughs> so then um, your parents were from Korea and or yeah. are from Korea. And uh, so your heritage is Korean. 
did you i'd like to know you know hear your story about how you made it to korea here now uh, but yeah. had had you been to korea before Oh, when I was like three or four years old, I came to visit my grandparents that were living in Korea at the time. Um, I think it might have been like a week long trip. And uh, the only memory of it is really looking through some pictures. Mm. But um, even in uh, living in the U.S., um, I didn't really have a whole lot of Korean um, influences outside of you know, church. So mm, right. I lived in a lot of areas that didn't really have um, an Asian community. Um, or by the time that, like, for instance, high school, by the time I was coming out of high school was when, uh, you know, more and more uh, Koreans were coming into town. And so I just really didn't have a connection with um, my culture. Uh, and plus a lot of my Korean friends, they're very Americanized as well. So Right. They got English names. <laughs> oh, right. Do you have a Korean name as well? I do. It's mm-hmm. Han Jungmin. 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 Oh, yes. Han Jungmin. Okay. Yeah. And, and then how did you end up in Korea now, currently? Well, um, just to give you a little bit of a, a brief background, before I came to Korea, um, I was working for companies. Uh, that supported their clients through mindset and energy breakthrough work. Um, So they were running uh, six and seven figure businesses. And a lot of what they were doing had a spiritual growth component to it. And so that's where I came in. And, you know, a lot of the work I did with people revolved around self-love and healing personal conflict. Um, And what made these programs really intense was it was about going to the root issue that uh, creates one's belief um, of, you know, if they're worthy or unworthy or if they're good enough or not good enough. And so um, in this self-development space, uh, I was doing um, a lot of spiritual work and I really loved this type of environment. My plans was to stay in America and pursue these job opportunities um, uh, and being a part of their support team and working uh, with my clients as well as their clients. Um, But there was a deeper calling that I couldn't ignore. Um, I was uh, having my own past traumas were beginning to surface and um, it was something that I needed to take a break from and uh, do some uh, more self-healing of my own. Um, In the past, uh, I was once married. Uh, I ran a successful business with my husband and we were building our dream home. And my husband and I were together for 12 years uh, and we had a lot of future plans um, that we were building on. And shortly after we got married, he was diagnosed with nasal pharyngeal carcinoma. Um, And after five years of battling cancer, he passed away. Mm. So that grief really um, opened a big can of worms. Uh, There was a sensation as if I was leaving my body and actually going out into the ethers and looking for him. 
uh, I was having these visitations from him in the form of orbs and flashing lights. My electronics started to go haywire. Um, I remember my TV turning off and on at random times and uh, knocking in the walls um, as if he was communicating with me, telling me that he was he was still here. And, you know, meanwhile, I'm uh, having this two way conversation with my dead husband and uh, I think I'm going nuts. Mm. Um, I'm sure many of your listeners may have had similar experiences when someone loses a loved one. You don't know if you're dreaming or if it's reality, if you're awake. That line becomes really blurred. Mm-hmm. And um, shortly after Jeff had transitioned, um, I started to connect with other spirits. Um, some were friendly and others were frightening. And the spirit world is a rabbit hole of illusion and where illusion meets creation. Uh, It was so overwhelming that it started to affect my mental and physical health. Um, Doctors couldn't find anything wrong with me and prescribed me uh, depression medications, uh, which I refused to take. Um, And eventually, I was diagnosed with a pituitary tumor and fibromyalgia. Um, I seeked alternative therapies. Uh, I saw energy healers, acupuncturists. Um, I was drinking herbs to, you know, gain my energy back, consulting psychics. And that all made me feel better for uh, a short time. Um, But it was just an ongoing process of trying to find the answers to my questions. Mm. Uh, I grew up Catholic, so I spent a lot of my grief in silent prayer. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember asking Jesus, like, show me the truth of who I really am. And you know that saying where they say, be careful what you ask for. (laughs) Um, Well, I... Uh, unexpectedly started to make contact with the divine. I was experiencing, you know, angels and um, a lot of other beings trying to communicate with me. And at that time, memories of my childhood started to flood in. Uh, Moments that I totally forgot were resurfacing. And I remember as a child, uh, pictures would move they were very animated and shadows would have conversations with me and i would always see spirits outside of my window um asking me to help them Mm -hmm. and uh this is all stuff that i wanted to forget and it was just now showing up again in my adult uh adult life and uh It was total chaos. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Some days I would be visited by ghosts and other days I'd be meeting higher beings that were uh, trying to teach me how to manage my abilities. And, um, you know, all of this I did with resistance. You know, I just, this isn't happening. This isn't real. I'm going crazy. Um, 
I would have these moments where, that I can only describe as like past life replaying as if it was happening in current time. And uh, simultaneously, I was experiencing seizures um, that felt like electricity shooting through my nervous system. And, and that's why I was diagnosed with the fibromyalgia. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was uh, losing control of my body, like spirits were moving in and out of my body. Um, and, uh, you know, here I am trying to fight all that off. Um, I honestly thought about checking myself into a mental institution. Yeah. And on, yeah. <laughs> I mean, nuts. Oh, I mean, I remember going to my brother-in-law crying and my mother-in-law and trying to explain to them this is happening to me. And um, I mean, obviously, uh, I'm grief stricken mm-hmm. and I'm having to manage um, uh, the past things of my life with my husband. Right. I'm yeah. selling my home, having yeah, to sell uh, off my all business. The, all your affairs in order. Yeah. Right. And um that's rough. And then I'm having all these, you know, hallucinations and uh, conversations that nobody else can hear. Mm-hmm. And really, on my worst days, I really contemplated suicide. It, mm-hmm. um, it was, uh, it was attacking my system on on a whole level, like in my nervous system, in my mind, in my like. Um, uh, just even my body felt crippled from mm-hmm. from all this like spirit energy around me and luckily i had the support of my little sister judy uh she didn't know what was happening to me but helped me through some really crazy frightening times um uh, what you resist persists and this truly ha- has deep meaning for me I remember telling my therapist at the time, like, I fucking, can I say that? Sorry. Yes, you can. Um, right. No problem. I, f- I <laughs> All right, I'm checking surrender. the Xbox box today. <laughs> all right. I mean, I I was so fed up with trying to fight all of this. Um, I told her, I surrender. And luckily, she was very knowledgeable in metaphysical modalities and really encouraged me to embrace my abilities. Hmm. Um, And during that time, I really felt, I truly felt unworthy to have these abilities and really burdened by the responsibility of it. Um, It's uh, very taxing when um, spirits want you to help them and you're you have this ability to cross them over but you also want to be a sane person and um, and I was having a hard time uh, figuring out what is real and what is fantasy what is an illusion mm-hmm. um, so I took a real different route with my healing and I geeked out on spiritual knowledge I got certified in Reiki mastery hypnosis, holodynamics. Um, I became proficient at spirit communication and I began to do ancestry healings. So um, even with all of that, I have, uh, it I have a thousand questions about all that stuff. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it didn't stop the paranormal experiences. Um, mm. I was 
uh, being bombarded by spirit and um, these beings that were coming to me and they were they were Asian Um, and I would hear whispers of shamanism shamanism and at that time I wasn't interested in becoming a shaman Um, I was already doing my uh, energy healing and uh, divination and also my um, personal development work with uh, these clients that are uh, more on the uh, pursuit of business success Mm -hmm. and um, building their companies, building their brand. Uh, So that was the, the... that was the pathway that I was pursuing. Um, but upon research, I realized that I'm being called by Asian deities. Um, and some of them were, you know, now I realize are, were Korean gods. Um, and I moved to Korea in October of 2018 to learn more about my Korean roots. And I spent six months experiencing spiritual rituals and the practices of Korean shamans. Wow. Um, so, go ahead, Joe. No, I'm just thinking, I'm, I'm sure some people and our, our listeners are asking, I, I assume they're, that in the spirit world, when they're communicating with you, language barriers aren't an issue? Um, no, it's, it's not that... Uh, I actually thought there was an issue because I would hear Korean words Uh um, and even Chinese words. Uh And I'd be like, what is that? You know, I don't know what they're saying. And it took some practice to really um, and hone my skill into not letting the actual language be how we spoke with each other. Um, There is a separate uh, spiritual language. Mm -hmm. And I really needed to... um, not only train myself more deeply in that, but also ask the spirits to um, to use my references, not theirs. Yeah, that makes more sense. Mm-hmm. We'll return to the podcast after this message. Get our comic book, The Dark Side of Soul, Weird Tales from Korean Lore, at our website, darksideofsoul.com, or get it at Comixology. If you're in Seoul, Visit the Dice Latte near Huegi Station to get your copy. Written by me and drawn by Tim Bauer, it's 50 pages of folkloric dread. And now, back to the show. Yeah. So then, I like, I think a lot of people, even, even people who are in Korea, even a lot of Koreans are not entirely sure what shamanism is. Korean shamanism is, the, you know, from the Korean tradition. Uh, because the shamanism has been oppressed for so long. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are even parts of Korea today where uh, shamans can't open um, their, um, their um, what would you call it? Their, their practices? Uh, their shrines and things shrines. like that. Yeah, their practices uh, mm-hmm. without actually registering the location as a Buddhist temple. So there's mm-hmm. still a lot of these kind of oppressions. Um, and we've talked about it a little bit in some of our past episodes. Uh, so still, like even I think a lot of Koreans are not exactly sure what Korean shamanism is, even though it's part yeah. of their heritage, their cultural heritage. So what is Korean shamanism? Well, um, I'm still learning more about Korean shamanism. 
Um, in the U.S., my practice was uh, listed as coaching. You know, okay. um, uh, I don't. T- I tend to not um, tie religion in with what I do. Um, but Korean shaman is a folk religion, and it's specific to Korea, obviously, um, and it dates back to prehistoric times. Um, in fact, I believe that uh, if we're going that far into the past, it like Korea and, and these other um, countries kind of bled in together, right? Uh, the area that I'm thinking about, it's escaping me right now. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it, it just, uh, I'm not able to remember but you, um, sorry, do, you, do, you, do you mean an age like an old korean dynasty is that what you're trying to recall um, i'm trying to go further back than that um uh i don't know why i can't remember i'm so sorry well, that's right that's right, um, it right. Mm. uh but but uh, it uh, <laughs> if you really think about it um shamanism in general uh it it was there before human beings um, uh, really had any um, uh, of the modern luxuries. Like this is how uh, mothers used to heal their children, right? Mm-hmm. Um, believing in spirits and working with the spirits to for their survival um, and with nature and um, uh it, it just is uh, natural that if spirits are everywhere and we're sharing this earth with spirit, that there are some, which we would call like a priestess or a witch doctor, um, would be able to uh, commune to, you know, for their survival. Um, so it it is... Uh, well, in today's time, it is a religion. And uh, Korean shamans um, or mudangs, uh, they seek to solve human problems through the help of spirits and gods. Um, so specifically connected to the Korean land and the culture. Uh, they work out of their shindangs, which are like shrines or they call it a place of spirit. And what I found interesting is when I look up the word mudang in my translator app, mm-hmm. um, in English, uh-huh. it comes up as psychic. So, <laughs> oh, really? Um, hmm. Yeah. And psychic is a really broad umbrella as mm-hmm. well. Um, so, uh, I just found that really fascinating how, that, uh, how it yeah, translates it, that way. Right. And I think it's interesting because if you read a lot of the English essays and books from mostly Europeans and Americans who were in Korea at the end of the Chosun dynasty, so from around like the late 1880s, specifically when a lot of their work started to get published more and more mm-hmm. through to the um, beginning of the Japanese occupation in 1910, shamans, or mudan, the mudang, were often translated into English as witch. Mm. which is a which is and i talked about this in a previous episode of the podcast which i i deplore that word because in the western even though that word today is now kind of being 
retaken by a lot of Western yeah. witches, people who call themselves witches. They're right. They're using the word in a positive way. Mm-hmm. That's not the root of the mm-hmm. word. The root of the word is related specifically to someone who communes with Satan from right. Western. Right. It's, it's Western to be Korea. wicked. That's, That's wicked, a wicked right? person. Right. So the the um, so yeah, the, the a lot of the the Westerners at the time were calling the shamans witches which is mm-hmm. terrible. And then I'm interested. Yeah, I had no idea. I think they, they translated it as psychic. In, mm. in yeah, the but I'd like mm. to consider them as like medicine women. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, uh, I've i also played with the word witch a little bit. Like, you know, am I wicked? Uh, and <laughs> at the same time, um, yeah, you know, a witch is able to, um, to manipulate... Uh, 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 things in this world through magic and Mm. if you really think about it um, we take it for granted but everything that's going on in the modern world is magic right (laughs) we have Mm. we have internet and (laughs) you know people are playing video games like none of that stuff existed back in prehistoric times so right right yeah yeah, yeah. this is voodoo <laughs> <laughs> right right right, right. Mm. yeah mm. so um so yeah so but but specifically yeah uh if you if you were to give korean shamanism a definition if you could define it mm. how would you do so i i like i think it i think that's difficult I think a yeah. lot of these things are a little bit ineffable, but how would you define it? Um, I would say that Korean shamans are chosen by the Korean gods to um, bring hope and healing on a, a spiritual level. Uh, we are the bridge to the spirit world. And what people don't realize is uh Korean shamans still do things in traditional ancient ways, mm-hmm. but if if uh, we were to look at it from another lens um, and talk about quantum science and multiple dimensions and, you know, using those kinds of words, um, people might understand better because that's what's being taught in schools today. Um, mm-hmm. So... Uh, I do believe that there is a process in becoming um, a Korean shaman. And I do believe that they are uh, spiritual healers and chosen to um, do this work for the well-being of uh, the Korean community. Hmm. What what is the process like? Okay, so you're chosen to be a shaman by the gods. Then Mm -hmm. do you go... I'm going. Uh, it's inevitable, Sean. I'm going to do. I'm going to use Star Wars terminology before the day. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I like that. Go for it. Okay, so you'll be a Padawan <laughs> when you get, you get your mentor. When you, if you, I mean, do you get a mentor? Mm. How do you know yes. when you're when you've completed all the training? So, uh, I. Um, how do I, let me kind of organize these thoughts real quick. Okay. Sure. Um, so, uh, initiated shaman goes through something called Shinbyong, right? Mm-hmm. And Shinbyong is known as like a spirit illness. 
And that's caused when spirits or the gods um, enter your body. Mm-hmm. And uh, this can cause a whole lot of um, physical problems, right? And what people would see as disease or illness because uh, these entities, um, you know, they have a different uh, energy, a different um, uh, frequency from our own biorhythm in our body. And uh, when you uh, finish pursuing all the possible avenues that that might be causing your problems and your illness, um, they, you know, one might actually seek a uh, spiritual advisor, uh, another mudong, and get read. And um, some of these mudongs are very talented. Um, they know that, okay, this, um, this child, this person... Um, needs to seek the spiritual path. And in order to stabilize her, she must go through something called a neringun. Um, and that is a ceremonial ritual that uh, one basically goes through to, um, to pretty, the, I mean, I've heard this uh, in several different contexts. One is like getting married to your gods. Like it's, it's a ceremony with, with uh, beautiful costumes and, mm-hmm. you know, ornate decoration and um, music. Uh, and other people say that it's um, uh, kind of like uh, that is the time where the gods and the spirits that want to work with you, they they come to, um, to kind of like start the process of working with you. Hmm. Yeah. So there, um, this is all arranged by the person, let's say me, um, I choose somebody to help me through this path. And during, like during this process, the relationship in the Korean culture is that there is a spirit mother and you become the spirit daughter or the spirit um, son. And so there is a, a bit of a mentorship that you go through to um, get started. And then, yeah, right. And that's the, um, and that's all result of having the Shinbyong, the, the right. spirit, the spirit the sickness. Illness. Yeah. The spirit right. Sickness, right. Yeah. Um, right. And then, um, uh, so that, that's the way that the, that someone can become, shaman from the spirit sickness the shinbyong mm-hmm. um but um other than that you talked about the natum good can you go into mm-hmm. more into a little bit more about your experiences like uh like just a couple of key things when you're yeah. like studying korean shamanism maybe can you describe the natum good a little bit more um wow i mean it was it was uh such a uh, difficult time in my life because literally um, I was having these uh, these episodes um, where uh, again being uh, followed and bombarded by spirit 
and um, having terrible physical pains. I mean, like, you know, uh, these seizures were were really uh, like major downloads um, Mm -hmm. that that were so overwhelming that I can just feel like uh, uh, try to hold all that energy in. And um, when I decided that I needed to do something about this, um, I actually contacted uh, several mudangs um, for uh, for divination, for for actual consultation. And um, through one of those uh, uh, shamans, um, I found my spirit mother, and I. Uh, I decided, okay, this is the person that I want me to uh, want to walk me through this path. And uh, we made arrangements. So there is um, obviously a financial commitment because this is a, uh, a big ceremony. And um, in this ceremony, you're um, given uh, God's clothing. Um, I had uh, some... Uh, beautiful shinpoks made um, and they also uh, at least my spirit mother at the time she uh, took me to buy some spiritual tools so um, I got to go through some of these uh, shops where um, where the shamans go it's like it's their supply store hmm. and um <laughs> Really, it's it, it's is there really like, a na- like like a lot of places. Is there like a neighborhood specific? Do you find it? Uh, I mean, it there. I'm sure they're scattered throughout. You know, um, Korea. Okay, so there's not but, like a Mudang Depot. Uh, not that I know of, <laughs> but. Okay. But there I, are, I go there and get some souvenirs and stuff. Okay, I mean there are shops and. Um, What's interesting is that the the shop owners that I did meet, they really took their job um, honorably and seriously mm. because they are working for spirit, basically. Okay. So, um, yeah. So they wouldn't sell anything to a knucklehead like me. If I, um, I mean, if you start joking around and, yeah. and goofing off, th- yeah. they'll kick you out because they don't need out. that kind of nonsense there. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, kicked out of another store. Okay. But <laughs> I'd imagine, so I'm interested, I really want to hear more, but just to interject about that too, That that's like mm. uh, monks, Buddhist monks have their, their mm. shops. Their, well, their yeah, that's what I was saying, because right. there's that place right by Jonggak that was... The know, street. The whole street that's you can go... Get your golden Buddhas and your bracelets yep. and stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. even their their, their robes and their, their their sandals, everything, yeah. even their tubes, right? Like their winter hats and everything. Yeah, everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I mean, there's uh, there's so much uh, so much out there for um, for you know spiritual work, and um, but that's just one as- like a small aspect of it because that's just getting prepared for the actual ceremony right. uh, at the, the ceremony mm. um, before I had my knitting good um, I actually spent quite a bit of time at a um, up in the mountains in prayer cleansing my energy praying meditating um, and uh, at this particular 
uh, prayer ground, um, the other shamans there were preparing for my ceremony. So there's, you know, it takes set, like many people to actually put together um, these uh, ceremonies and rituals. And um, I was lucky to go through uh, a process and um, meet other shamans um, that, that just, you know, took the, did their part in welcoming the new shaman in. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they were so gracious. And, you know, again, uh, being that I'm from America, um, like their hospitality was like, like unbelievable. Mm. Um, they, the way they would feed me and, um, and, you know, help me understand, take me through prayer, uh, teach me how to use some of the um, instruments for ceremony like it, there it, there was a uh, quite a bit of training going on mm-hmm. um and yeah i'll never forget it it was amazing mm. uh but in preparation for the uh Nerim Gut, um you know the uh there were uh the altars were being set and so there's a lot of um time put into uh, organizing the fruit and uh, putting out the spiritual tools and the robes and the costumes. Um, uh, th- I learned how to make those paper flowers. I don't know if you've ever seen those. Um, I don't even know what they're called in Korean, but um, we were making paper flowers and uh, um, I'm, it was just so much work for this for this one day and when the um, ceremony day um, came um, I had no idea what to expect and I remember it being a super hot day and I was struggling Mm. um, just because the robes and everything started to you know get really heavy and um, but I had uh, my my own spiritual uh, experience from the netting good. Uh, there's a portion of it where um, you offer your ancestors um, and spirits to um, come enjoy the feast, right? Mm-hmm. Come and eat, come and um, and play. And I mean, again, there goes me thinking like, is this really happening? It's like being able to see through and like through the veil. And I was actually seeing spirits um, uh, like welcoming me. Uh, It was quite. um, Yeah, the day was a blur, though, because there was a lot of things happening. that day. (laughs) Right, right, right. It is like a wedding. You said before it is like getting married and it's like, right. But it's like a wedding. You're inviting your spiritual community. So I swear I saw my husband and I saw my, um, uh, what do you call it? Grandfather-in-law and grandmother-in-law. And I saw, I saw my deceased grandparents, um, uh, I, you know, to be honest, you know, because I've been doing this work and I've helped clients through uh, 
through their own stuff, you know, channeling their past loved ones. Interestingly enough, I was seeing some of the spirits that I had uh, channeled for. Um, and oh. they were also wishing me well in this moment. So, uh, um, but with that, there are quite a few tests that you go through. Um, during the ritual, you're asked to stop and channel who is coming to you so that uh, you can determine, is it a God? Is this just some um, random spirit? Because obviously you don't want some random spirit coming and taking uh, control of your body or your thoughts or, mm. or like um, wanting to bind themselves to you. Yeah. And so, um, so I was describing who I saw, what they were about, um, not really knowing their names because I, I don't know Korean folklore, um, but I would describe them and uh, answer whatever questions my spirit mom had so that we can identify, okay, Jane is on the right track. Mm. Uh, so there were moments of that where it was, um, it was actually learning to uh, let their energy move through, through you. Mm -hmm. um am i talking too much you guys no no no, no of course no it's fascinating keep... no 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 well no, um, i'm getting sucked into this yeah yeah um no i just wanted to, to uh uh yeah if you have more to share don't stop <laughs> you're talking too much yeah um mm. but d just something a few minutes ago you mentioned shinbok but you didn't say what shinbok was. I think some listeners oh, might not know what shinbok is. Maybe. Right. Okay. Hmm. Um, well, uh, I hope your listeners would know what a uh, hanbok is. Uh, hmm. It's tr traditional Korean uh, costume, clothing. And a shinbok is specifically um, made to resemble a particular god. Um, so when a baby shaman uh, gets initiated... Um, they actually wear an all-white hanbok, which they call a shinbok. Mm -hmm. So um, uh, with that, then other layers of robe get put on you that um, uh, specifically is for that particular ritual that's being done or um, to embody a specific god that you're working with at the moment. Uh, there was... Um, that's what a shinbok is. It's, it's basically mm. your God's clothing, spirit mm. clothing, stuff okay. that you wear when you're um, working with, um, with the spirit world. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. And then um, just to go back to, there are a, a few different types, or at least two that I know of types of shamans. Mm -hmm. um, can you describe those? Do you know anything about the other types of shamans? Um, I... I do vaguely remember, and I don't know if, if this is what you're talking about, um, like uh, male shamans versus fe female shamans, because there is a different uh, mm -hmm. word for that. Mm -hmm. um, and that is escaping me. Do you know what that is, Sean? The male shaman is a pan, what is it pa called? Paksu? Pa yeah, no, no, Paksu is doctor. No. Um, oh, uh yes i do know it's what is it 
it will come to me. Yeah. It'll come to me in a minute. <laughs> it'll come yeah. to me in a minute. Yeah. Jump Sorry. in when you remember, because my yeah, memory yeah, yeah. is is blinking in and out too. Right, um, right, right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I did my best to try to memorize all of this, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Oh, it's oh no, it is a, back. Uh, you're right. It is. It right? is. It's Baksu. Yes. Yes, it is Paksu. You're right. Yeah. So yeah. that's a male shaman. That's right. And right. there's also um, Baksu. You said Baksu. Yes. As in clap. Well, that's yeah, Paksu. Yeah, Paksu. There's yeah. that. And I was thinking, I was thinking when you said pa- I was thinking of Paksa, Paksa's doctor, but Paksu. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I, I got my words confused because I was thinking, oh no, Paksu's doctor, but no, it's Paksa. We saw name. Yeah. We saw name. But yeah, Paksu. You're right. You're right. Yeah, that is male. Shaman. Um, the and there is another t- Manshin. Is that? Manshin. Um, yep. Mm-hmm. Ten thousand yeah. spirits. Hmm. Mm. So. Uh, I'm gonna go a little bit uh, Western on you guys, just mm-hmm. just because that's the way I uh, related to what I learned about shamans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because uh, Korean shamans, there's their own own terminology, and uh, what do you call it? Um, depending on like their specialty, there's a specific name for them, right? Mm-hmm. right. Um, but in Western uh, a, a Western explanation. Um, I will talk more about uh, the ability, the type of ability. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, some shamans um, have the ability for divination. So they're able to tell people about their past, what's happening in present time, and what their future may look like. And uh, a lot of Koreans um, and and uh, foreigners will go for um, either entertainment purposes or truly like they want some guidance. They like what's 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 going to happen to me this year, right? Um, and some of these shamans are very good and, and come very close. I mean, nobody is a hundred percent because they're dealing with um, spirit language, right? Uh, but uh, some people have. Uh, great ability for that. Um, some are experts in ceremony, so they they embody powerful spirits, powerful gods that will um, and are very good at um, being like surrendering to that god. So we call that transmediumship. Um, there's a mental medium, there's a physical medium, and there's transmediums. And transmediums are ones that are that have the ability ability to let spirit embody them. Um, mm. So you basically what you're doing is you're allowing that God or spirit to come from their frequency down to human frequency into this uh, 3D world and, and like uh, bring in their healing powers basically mm. is um, what some shamans are able to do. And others are still in their growth. They're learning and assisting their spirit mother or father in rituals. Um, maybe uh, not as talented in a specific thing, but still working through their Xinbyong and doing some uh, deeper healing that might help them become a great shaman someday. So uh, that's kind of how I, what I observed um, during my time. I see. Yeah. Yeah, the 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 two specific types that I know of um 
regarding how they become shamans mm. uh, would be like you're, well, you, you talked about Xinbyung, so the way you became a shaman, that's the, the Gangshinmu. Mm. Uh, so they receive it as the spiritual shaman, or they mm. call it like a or possession shaman. Um, and the other one's the hereditary shamans. And that's there the, you go, yes. Yeah, yeah. The that's say, the, the one that's taught. That's right, the Seisamu. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, Seisamu. That's, so. that's taught by family or. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's exactly. familial heritage. That, that's right. Oh, if that you, one. Mm-hmm. So there's the there's there's those and there's the, the mud bloods. <laughs> okay, now I'm yeah. going to Harry Potter. Now you're going back to Harry <laughs> Potter. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. so moving moving more towards what you do, and mm. now like you've just uh, let everyone know that you've just you just started your own your own business and and yes. things like that. So and you're in you do I know that you do kind of blend east and west a little bit in what you do right Uh, but um how how does korean shamanism and western spiritualism uh, how do they blend and how do they differ well um in in many ways they're the same right shamans are the bridge between heaven and earth and uh we do healing that is on a dimensional level. It goes beyond time and space. Um, and the the goal is to work with uh, shamans that uh, work with higher level spirit beings, right? You, um, the ones that people would consider um, witches and, and stuff like that, um, they, I think they're more associated with people that work with darker entities. Mm-hmm. Um, there are there there are layers and levels in the spirit world, and so the goal is to work with um, light beings and um, evolved spirits, and also um, uh, when it comes to the gods, it's like. Um, you want to have some discernment on, you know, is this truly a god? And I think that um, any shaman, uh, practicing shaman, is constantly checking and reevaluating and uh, working on um, uh, on these energetics to make sure that they are in alignment with um, with the right entities. Um, and, uh, it is for the well-being of nature and humanity. Um, they're like, you know, the spiritual philosophy around, uh, the responsibilities of a shaman, I think are the same across the board. Mm-hmm. Um, in case of Korean shamanism, um, you know, I noticed uh, that Korean shamans, people that seek shamans, Korean shamans, they're going there to ask for the help of the mudang's spirit and gods. So mudang's spend a lot of time cultivating um, uh, these spirits, you know, their spirits, um, in order to uh, to pray for their clients' well-being and having them come and help. Um, and so on that level, 
I, this is the first time I've experienced that kind of spirit worship. Mm. Um, and so, I mean, just from being, uh, um, new at all of this, I mean, I had a six month experience and I took some time off to really reflect and integrate and work out some of these, um, some of the things that really didn't jive with me and, um, and make, uh, integrating the work, but, um, in that aspect, it just, uh, it didn't feel right to me, but, um, that is the Korean cultural way mm -hmm. in the Western world. Um, and I'm not speaking for all of the Western world. This is just from my journey and experience. Um, what I was able to, uh, tap into is that, um, they also work with spirit guides. They work with the gods and ascended masters. They, you know, really uh, embrace nature. Um, but uh, I was able to um, intake a blending of a lot of techniques and philosophies, more on a global level. Uh, my focus, what works best for me, um, and one of the reasons why I took a step back um, is that when I work with clients, I tend to do uh, healing, um, breakthrough, and transformational work on the behalf of the client. So um, instead of it being about um, the spirits I work with or the gods that are around me, um, I, I bring in their loved ones. I bring in, you know, their guardian angels, their ancestors, um, for for the power of healing to come through the client not through um through uh what i worship does that make sense mm -hmm. yeah um and i and just from the teachings and the trainings i've had that there is um uh this this technique just works better for my belief system and you know like what i think an ethical healer should be doing uh it, it, it's um it's just kind of what i've been able to pull from the western world is that healing should really be done on an internal personal level and um and there is so much science around like uh quantum and metaphysical sciences about how healing takes place in the dna um how energy is channeled into um the receiver uh i mean i i hope that gave you some insight yeah. uh, mm. to what i think the difference is okay yeah. okay yeah no because yeah yeah it's very interesting but i'm curious in Korea, for anyone who knows that you're doing the blending in mm -hmm. your own, your work, is there any pushback? Or even like in the West as well, any traditionalists who are like, can't do that, stop it, you have you can't blend them? Um, you know, to be honest, I, I'm not sure. I'm sure there will be pushback once I start really uh, speaking my truth and sharing my story. Mm -hmm. Um. But, you know, I'm doing my own thing and uh, I feel as though um, if I was in the U.S., 
uh, it wouldn't be a, a factor, right? If I had this experience mm. and I went back to the U.S. and I just, you know, I, I'm, I healed myself and, you know, I'm doing my prayers and, and healing my clients, um, that would be okay. But I'm here on Kore- um, Korean land. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'm probably one of a kind compared to the, you know, thousands of Korean shamans that have had uh, this specific type of training and walk this path um, in the way that they were taught by their spiritual family. Um, I, I don't know what's going to happen, <laughs> but, I, but I, I like what I'm doing. I really feel <laughs> like the, the blending is a beautiful thing because, because um, some people can't understand uh the the shamanic way and the way i blend things um there's so much around uh the quantum field um working through dimensions you know we're here in this 3d plane and what i do is i work more on the um, 5d where um uh, where thoughts and um thoughts are forming before they actually come into this plane. And so that's um, where I choose to go when I'm doing my healings with people. And it makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. What advice then would you have for anyone who is looking for a spiritual approach to, to life? Mm. Well, we would have to start off by defining what that person thinks is uh, spiritual. Mm. Um, some people will say, well, you know, I'm off the grid, right? I'm living in the mountains in my, my van <laughs> and I'm going <laughs> to put up a campfire and sing Kumbaya and just really like love on these trees and, you know, connect <laughs> with the stars. And that's a beautiful spiritual life. You know, if, if they really wanted to disconnect from um, from all this modern chaos that uh, we're going through right now. Um, other people, a spiritual path might be um, wanting to become a healer, right? Um, wanting to help people through uh, spiritual, um, uh, like a spiritual evolution, and their terminology um, through that might be different. It just, it might be around, um, you know, they might want to become a monk or they might want to become a priest or maybe they want to be a, a church leader, right? So that there's a, there's a spiritual path. Um, and uh, some people really like paranormal stuff. Right. Right. Spiritual path is I'm going to commune. (laughs) I'm going to commune with the aliens and I want them to show me like what they're really up to. Um, I want to feel an outer body experience. I want um, I want proof that there's something going on, you know, outside of our reality. And the one thing, regardless of which avenue they consider spiritual is to meditate 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 Mm. um you have to learn to quiet the mind right and because the mind is the receiver and 
uh, nobody really knows what their mind is doing until they try to quiet it down. Mm-hmm. We human beings can think up to sixty thousand thoughts a day, and much of it is repetitive, and much of it is what they're worried about, and those thoughts create reality. Like I said, I work with. The dimensional energy of where things are being created before we actually experience it here, and so we, you know, I take my clients through really understanding what's going on in their thought process and what it's actually, how it's actually showing up in their everyday life. But if you meditate and learn to quiet the mind, you'll also learn to listen to your mind. Normally, the things that come up during meditation. Um, are those nagging thoughts, right? It's the oh, I got to pick up the laundry, and I got to like feed the dog, and we start to get jittery in our body. We can't sit still. It, it says a lot about what's happening internally. Um, but also, uh, we go through the um, sorrows, the depression. It's it's all sitting under there. It just it's, it starts to bubble up, and. Uh, I help people start sorting those things out, and the lower level things, the things that don't matter, like let's clear it, mm-hmm. let's clear it, let's transform it, so that you have higher quality thoughts, mm-hmm. right? And when you're able to um, really start getting the meditation thing down, like and start working on those higher quality thoughts, um, you'll see. Life changing, and your spiritual path will naturally open up for you. Mm. Okay, great. Okay, and then so the last question, the question that I did mean to ask you a mm. few minutes ago, in in your journey so far, especially maybe in studying in Korea, mm. have you ever had an experience that frightened you? Ooh, well. <laughs> Um, I would say uh, the most difficult experience, um, something I didn't uh, want to accept and uh, started to realize was my ability to trans channel. Um, and as I told you, it's, that's about embodying the spirit. Uh, that's something that was always um, that I always ha- I always pushed away and. Uh, you know, really being able to uh, take control of that um, and use it properly, at least uh, through, within the structure of my programs, um, you know, really, uh, uh, I feel much more empowered. But that was really scary. Um, one of the experiences that I had with um, working with a spirit during Kut was... I was channeling who I call the Green Reaper. Um, there oh. is a Korean name for this um, uh, this spirit and this ceremony, but unfortunately, um, I uh, you know it's I didn't uh, retain this information. Um, but in this particular ceremony, um, it was to cross over the bad ancestors that were causing their descendant bad luck. And uh, the Grim Reaper, um, you can imagine, he's he's gathering up the souls. Mm-hmm. And it's called the Chasa. Mm. Jasung Saja or Jasung Chasa. 
in Korean lore. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it, it was uh, quite frightening for me because I um, not only had to really release myself and uh, allow that spirit to work through me, but um, in this particular uh, ritual, um, there, this is where there is um, an offering and there was a dead pig. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember when it's, it's kind of like your, it's your body, <laughs> you see what's happening, but you're out here watching yourself do it while something mm-hmm. else is in your body. It's, mm-hmm. um, uh, at that time, it was uh, really hard for me to believe that this was happening, but I was literally digging into this pig. and just pulling out um yeah the insides and i even remember uh i I mean again i can't believe it was me but i remember blood coming down from my hands and me going like this i love you have to describe it because listeners oh i'm sorry (laughs) i basically brought my hand to my mouth and i was um licking and sucking the blood off the pig's blood off my hands. Oh my. And I remember saying, I love the taste of blood. And um, I mean, I'm, I'm reliving that moment right now and I still can't believe I did that. <laughs> right. But um, this particular uh, um, ritual had uh, other elements to it. There was some knife work and um there was a part that i didn't have to partake in but it's where you actually behead a chicken mm-hmm. um uh and um so th- that was quite scary for me i remember crying for days after that experience uh, oh, it was wow. so emotional for me not only was it scary but it was so powerful i you know i have um an ability to uh see spirit so I can actually see healing taking place, the light coming in, and the spirits actually transitioning to the light. And so, um, yeah, it, it was scary. It was powerful. It was healing. And all that time, I, I just cried. Mm. I cried my eyes out. Mm, yeah. um, That's pretty visceral. Yeah. But... Mm. Uh, on another note, um, in, when I was in the U.S., this is before I was a shaman, um, I've also done my style of, uh, of work. And I remember a client calling me and uh, telling me, like, they're having this problem in their home. And it's affecting, um, and this was a woman client, it's affecting my boyfriend. I think he's going crazy, da 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 and so when I, I, start, I worked on this energy, I went into their home and I realized, oh, there's a poltergeist in this, um, oh. in, your, in your dwelling. And um, I can see exactly like how it was coming in and out of the apartment and how it was gaining power and how it's manipulating her boyfriend's mind. And so I did do some energy work with him and I told her, if you want me to work on this, um, give me a call and, and we'll set it up. And the next day, she sent me a picture of her thigh with a bruise, like the size of a, 
uh, grapefruit. And she's like, Jane, I was just sleeping. Nothing was in my bed. My boyfriend wasn't even here. Like I woke up with this big bruise on my thigh. And that's when you know a poltergeist is pretty powerful when it's actually able to cause harm. Mm. And so, um, yeah, I did a, a, a cleaning and protection. Um, this thing was, was, was pretty wicked. Mm. Um, but that was a, a scary moment for me too because um, it was actually able to physically hurt my client. Well, yeah, yeah, fascinating. Yeah, in in Korean tradition, that might be a sagui, which is like a malicious ghost. They would call mm-hmm. it, and uh, mm. yeah, they're the they're kind of the that's the folk terminology for kind of the the ghosts that you definitely do not want to hand you don't you don't want to um, uh, get in get in front of. So it can cause yeah. trouble and damage. Okay, great, thanks, Jane. So to to end up. To, fit, to, to close up, mm-hmm. we definitely want people to be able to contact you. So how can they do that? How can they get in touch with you? Um, so I'm on Instagram and it's just my name, Jane Han Ling. That's spelled J-A-N-E-H-A-N-L-I-N-G. And you'll see on my page, I'm just a normal girl. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there's there's a few, um, a few things I post that are spiritual or something that i really um love about uh the spiritual lifestyle and being able to help people um but a lot of it is korean food and (laughs) places i've been to um and they'll be able to see some of my past work on there as well so some of the seminar work that i did um uh, in the coaching industry and uh, some volunteer work also i'm on cacao talk and they can also find me under Jane Han Ling. Um, and uh, so on Instagram, Jane Han Ling is no space. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on Kakao, it's Jane space Han space Ling. And if people want to learn more about Reiki and energy healing, balancing their chakras, um, I don't know if in Korea, they don't use Yelp. But if there are any foreigners here or... Um, people listening from you know out of Korea, um, I am on Yelp, and the you can find me under Eastern Path um, in the Newport Beach area, and you'll be able to see my five star testimonies on mm. how I'm able to help people there. Um, yeah, that's the best way. Okay, great. And so, if anybody wants to get in touch with you, like say for reading, or they just want to discuss spiritual matters with you that's all fine maybe instagram is the easiest maybe in korea if they wanted to contact you right they they would okay. just message me there and let me know um that they want a reading and so we'll uh, get you on the calendar i'll discuss my um session prices with you it, it does depend on um what you're having problems with uh you know energy healing is something different from doing an off-site um, consultation around, you know, uh, something strange happening in your home, or if you have a sick family member that needs um, some assistance with their um, energy or transitioning, you know, uh, passing away. Um, so I, I have different things for that. Um, and, but I also 
work mostly with programs. So I really help people that are looking to um, up-level their life, um, clean up the chaotic mess that's that's going on using the path of like spiritual healing um, and being able to have breakthroughs and transform it into their business success, their relationships, their health. Um, I, I prefer to kind of be able to help people do this on a whole wellness level. Mm, I see. Great. Okay. All right, Jane. That was excellent. Thank you very much. Thank you. Well, yeah. thank you for letting me ramble on. No, good. Well, if we if we weren't really limited for time, then we, we'd probably keep going. But uh, maybe maybe in the future we'll have you back on, and we can we can talk a little bit more about how the, you know once the business is rolling a little bit more because you just opened recently, right? Right. Um, the current my, business. I mean. Yes, my office here is called the Bridge, and um, my U.S. practice is Eastern Path. Mm-hmm. Um, which uh, people still find me there. And I have been working with clients um, while I've been living in Korea. So we've been doing work remotely. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have been staying in practice and working, but I finally made the decision that I really need to um, uh, to work with people locally while I'm living in Korea. Mm-hmm. And uh, I- I'm excited to meet you. You guys, if, <laughs> if anyone needs... Uh, some a, a spiritual guide an intuitive life coach that's me <laughs> call jane <laughs> call me great, <laughs> great. <laughs> okay <laughs> all right okay uh so just before we close joe will do our closing but joe guess what yeah we got listener mail listener mail listener we need a mail. theme song for this we do need a theme song listener mail Ooh, that's it that's our that's our theme song oh okay. how's that all right okay. there we go all right. So just quick, we got um, a listener mail this week is is actually a review of our comic book. Uh-huh. And it's from Misty Graves, who oh. co-hosts the Long Box of Darkness podcast. Wow. Which is a really great podcast that focuses on horror comic books. Um, and uh, she wrote uh, on her uh, pretty busy Twitter her review and she said yesterday i read the dark side of soul it is really great spooky interesting and some lovely scary artwork i give it four severed arms out of four severed arms sweet so there you go thank wow. you wow sweet yeah. so okay that was good right joe all right mm. well thank you everyone for listening we also want to thank our top tier patrons angel earl Joel Bonamini, Jamie Staley, Sharon Cullen, and Devin Hifner. Uh, If you want to join this illustrious gathering, uh, you can go on patreon.com slash darksideofsoul for as little as $5 a month. You can join us um, and get a lot of extra content. Uh, Sean's been leaking some stuff out, some uh, uh, weird tales from Korean, some some weird tales. Have you? Yep, weird tales from Korean lore, the audio yep. series. Yep, that's fun. Been doing that, mm-hmm. and um, we're, we're we do regular uh, monthly uh, get-togethers with the top tier patrons, and we do that. We got one coming up. Anyway, uh, thank you everyone for listening. Until next time. 
Oh, oh, oh! Also, thank you. Do we? We already, we already thank Jane. Yes. But you, you didn't, you didn't say our music. You've been forgetting Sorakson the last. Oh, music is from (laughs) Sorakson. Yeah. Everyone knows music from Sorakson. That's because it's too famous for us. Too famous. Yeah. All right. Thank, thank you, Jane. Thank you, Sorakson. Thank you, patrons. Uh. Thank, thank you, Easter Bunny. Thank you, everyone. Annyeong. <laughs> Thank you. Until next time, stay spooky. Good night.